Shalom Aleichem Kinderlech. I want to share with you a story that I just heard. And I read this from a Yid, a Shliach, who heard it from the person himself. An amazing story. Story with the Rebbe. In France, there lived a family. The father, the mother of the family, came from uh, Poland, and they survived the Holocaust, the war with the Nazis and the concentration camp. And after the war, unfortunately, they became so upset and angry that they lost their whole families, that they became angry with Hashem and with the Torah and decided not to keep any Torah mitzvahs anymore. Unfortunately, this happened to a number of Jews who, because they went through so much suffering and so much difficulty and they saw so much, so many members of their family that were killed and murdered by the Nazis, so they felt like, why is Hashem doing this? They didn't have enough amuna and bitachet in Hashem, that Hashem does this for a reason that we cannot always understand. So but they, they decided to get angry and to say, okay, we don't want to have anything to do with Torah, with Hashem, and with mitzvahs chas v'shalom. And this is what happened to this family. They decided nothing, no Hanukkah, no Purim, no Sukkot, no Rosh Hashanah, not even Yom Kippur. They don't fast Yom Kippur. They decided they're going to eat on Yom Kippur, chas they're not going to go to shul, nothing. And so they had children, and they raised their families without any, any Yiddish guy. They knew they were Jewish, and that they were born Jewish, but they didn't have any connection to Torah Mitzvahs. One of the sons, uh, not surprising, um, his name is Yitzchak, Isaac, they didn't call him Yitzchak, but uh, something Yitzchak in French would be Azik, um, or something similar. And he decided, you know, he was, went to college, became a dentist. He wanted to become a dentist. And he met a non-Jewish woman that he wanted to get married. It wasn't anything special for them that marrying a goy, you know, they, they didn't keep any Torah mitzvahs, so big deal. So you marry a goy didn't mean, didn't mean a big deal for them to marry a goy. You know, nobody cared. And so they started to get married. They decided, decided to get married. And they got ready for the wedding. They decided to rent an apartment. And somewhere in Paris, and it's called the, the, the name of the street, it was a, a street called Rue Boulard 9. That's the name of the place where they rented, where they were going to move in after they get married. He already moved into the apartment and she would come and visit and they would plan their wedding. One day, a few days after he moved into this apartment and was getting all excited about the wedding and she would come over and they would plan the wedding and they were going to do this and going to do that. He suddenly starts feeling very, very sad and very depressed and uncomfortable, and he didn't know why. He wasn't happy. He couldn't understand what was wrong. Something was wrong. 
So he started walking in the streets of Paris, looking for something that will help him feel better. Finally, he goes by a shul, and he decides, you know what, maybe I need to, I'm Jewish. I've never been to a shul, but maybe I should go into the shul. Walks in, sees people davening, but he doesn't know how to daven. He doesn't know how to open a sitter. So somebody helped him, and he took a sitter with French translation, and he was able to read. And then he decided a few days later to go again to the same shul. And this time he met the Rav of the shul, and the Rav spoke to him about where he's from and what he's doing here. And, you know, he said he just wants to be in a Jewish place. He said he right away felt a little bit better. Not totally, but a little bit better when he got into the shul. Then one day, this went by, this took a plot for a while. This took a while. After a few months, uh, this, his fiancée, his, the girl that he was going to marry, the non-Jewish woman, came over to visit and to plan some more of the wedding and talk. And suddenly he felt, he was sitting in the apartment on 9 Rue Boulard, that apartment that he rented, he's sitting there and he's feeling this terrible fear, suddenly, out of nowhere, like a panic, a panic attack, like he's getting very nervous and very anxious. He didn't know what it was, but he felt like very, very anxious. And he felt like being with this woman made him very anxious. And he got so anxious that he said to her, listen, please leave the apartment, I can't spend time with you. I can't spend time with you. I'm afraid that we're not going to be able to get married because I feel very anxious about it. I feel very scared. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Don't ask me why. But I feel very, very scared. And she was very upset. Why is he saying this? He decided to get married. But now he's saying that he's very scared. So she walked out of the apartment he locked the door and he felt very, very bad. He doesn't know why. He decided he can't marry her. He doesn't know why he can't marry her, but he knows that when he's with her, he feels anxious and scared and angry. And so he decided to leave the apartment. He told the landlord who he rented the apartment from that he is not renting it because he's not getting married. And he went home to his family. And he started going more frequently to the shul, till one day he decided he wants to move to Eretz Yisrael. He moved to Eretz Yisrael, and he ended up in the city of Tzfas. There in Tzfas, he met a community called the Breslev Hasidim. He became a Breslev Hasid. But later on, he was already a dentist then. He moved to Yerushalayim, he opened a dental office, and became a dentist in Yerushalayim. He got married, and he had a family. One day, <clears throat> he shows up, he sees a, a pamphlet, a little uh, journal, a little magazine, and there is a description of the Rebbe's life, the Lubavitcher Rebbe's life. And there it mentions that the Rebbe in the 1930s, before World War II, the Rebbe lived in France, 
and lived for five years in an apartment on 9 Boulard, Rue Boulard. And he says, wait a second, that address sounds familiar. He started thinking, when did I see this address? I remember something about it. Couldn't remember what it was. And then finally remembers, oh no, this is the time when I was going to marry this non-Jewish woman and I rented this apartment, 9 Rue Boulard, so we can live in that apartment after we get married. He says, now he says, the Rebbe lived before that, before the war, in that same apartment for five years. And suddenly he realized that when he was in the apartment, he felt this panic. He he says, I can't marry this non-Jewish woman. And he ran away from her and he became observant, he became religious, he became Shabbatur and Mitzvahs and became a Chassid, a Bresl of a Chassid. And he realized that it's because the Rebbe lived there. He never understood why suddenly, out of nowhere, he felt this incredible need to run away from this Shiksa, this non-Jewish woman, and become more involved with Torah and Mitzvahs. He couldn't understand why. What suddenly struck him like this, unexpectedly? And now he understands. Because when a tzaddik lives in a place, and he is over Hashem, he davens and learns in that apartment, the tzaddik leaves a certain kedusha there. And that kedusha stayed there for a long time. That when he moved in with that non-Jewish woman that he wanted to marry, that kedusha affected him that he wanted to go away. He realized that this is not what he's supposed to do. His neshama woke up and he realized that he needs to, this is a terrible thing for him to do. And he didn't understand at the time why he feels that, but now he understood. It's that Kedusha the Rebbe left into that house. The truth is every Jew, every child that does a mitzvah leaves a certain Kedusha on the place where you do the mitzvah. When you daven mincha in a certain place, you say a capital tilim. <clears throat> the Baal Shem Tov says that sometimes you travel somewhere and you end up in a place you didn't expect to be. You go on a plane, and the plane ends up going to a different city because there was bad weather where you wanted to go, so you need to go to a different place, and you have to have mincha there. Is all Hashem made it that way so that you can daven in that place, and your davening would have an effect on that place? That's true for everyone. But when a tzaddik, by tzaddik, he can reveal the Kedusha so strongly that many years later, a Jew who does not know anything about Torah Mitzvah walks into that apartment feels suddenly a strange feeling that he wants to dive and he wants to be a Jew and he shouldn't marry somebody who's not Jewish. He feels this very strange feeling that he never, never realized that this is something that he has. <clears throat> and that's what happened to this young man. And he told that story to the shliach in Givat Shaul in Yerushalayim. Moshe Katan is a shliach there for French Jews. Since he's French, he used to go there sometimes to hear a shir, and he walked over to the shliach and told him that story. And that shliach told it to a friend of mine who told me that story. So you see the great power of what a mitzvah can do on a place, especially tzaddikim. And the Rebbe, you're going to 770. The Rebbe davened there for so many years. The kedusha of that place that the Rebbe 
place there and left in that place is so intense, so strong. If you go there in Davin, it should wake you up and make you feel like so much closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Davin with greater kavana, in Davin and learn Torah with greater excitement. And become a chassid, yere shemaim, and a lamb. Thank you.